tonight, and maybe you're new here, maybe you're new to church, and you, you've heard Emily say, oh, we're going to have a worship night. You might be thinking, what is worship? What's the point of it? Um, why do we do it? Why do they keep talking about it in this church? And uh, I want to just look at one verse from the Bible and try to unpack it a little bit. And I found that for me, this verse has been really, really helpful. So it comes from uh, the book of Exodus. So uh, start of the Bible, Old Testament, Genesis. So in Genesis, we have uh, creation, we have Noah and the ark, and we have God establishing his people. And we have Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Skip into Exodus. And Joseph and all of the, the rest of the tribes have come to Egypt because of the famine in the land of Canaan. And they have been, uh, they've been growing, uh, they've been multiplying, uh, and they've got too strong, too strong for the Egyptian rulers. So the Egyptian rulers decide they're going to do various things. But one of the things they've done is to enslave the Israelite people. So in Exodus, we read that God's people, the Israelites, have become enslaved and condemned to hard labor. And then God raises up Moses. Moses is an unlikely hero, an Israelite saved from death and raised among the Egyptian people who, who stutters and is, is not kind of not able to say uh, or doesn't feel able to lead. He's an unlikely leader. But God raises him up to lead the Israelites out of slavery and to the promised land. But why does God do that? Okay, the verse we're going to look at is Exodus 8, verse 1. But, so if you find that in Bibles, if you've got a Bible with you, but it's also in loads of places through Exodus. And this is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. We hear this over and over again in this story. Each time Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go so that they may worship me. I want to take this verse almost word by word and just say three quick things. First, let my people go. Why does God seek to free the Israelites because they are his people. He doesn't say let the people go. He's not the UN, he's not some impartial adjudicator. I think sometimes we think of him like a heavenly Dumbledore who's like, you've been naughty, 10 points from Gryffindor. It's not that. These are his people. He's partisan, he's biased. Let my people go. If you're here tonight and you love Jesus, if you've said yes to him, you are part of the family of God. You're part of God's people. That is why Jesus died on a wooden cross to reconnect you with God and to enable your adoption as his child. But not just you, you us together. Together, we are the people of God. What does that mean for us tonight? God is on our side. He's fighting for you. 
That's one of the key reasons we come together to worship corporately, to say together we are the people of God and we want to sing and say thank you to God for all that he has done for us, to celebrate together being the people of God. And if you're not yet part of the family, if you've not yet said yes to Jesus, the door is wide open to you. He wants to welcome you And maybe he wants to do that tonight. Second, God says, let my people go. God sees the trouble that his people are in. He sees their suffering. In Exodus 3, uh, God says, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I know all about their pain. And now I have come down to help them, to pry them loose from the grip of Egypt. God sees the pain and the trouble that his people are in. He sees their suffering and he rescues them from it. This has not been an easy year. And one of the things we want to say tonight is thank you so much for coming with us with the 815 as we've had to adapt for for the COVID situation. But whether the challenges that you're facing in your life relate to COVID-19, this sort of almost generation-defining event, or not, you have a God who is not only on your side, but sees your pain and wants to free you. If you're battling with addiction, God is on your side and wants to set you free. If you're battling lust or greed or gluttony or envy or any type of sin, God is on your side and he wants to set you free. If you're struggling with illness, God is on your side. He loves you and he might want to heal you. He might want to heal you tonight maybe. If you're experiencing grief, God is on your side and he wants to comfort you. Whatever it is that you're feeling oppressed by, God is for you and he wants to free you. If it's loneliness, he wants to get close to you. Please hear me, what I'm I'm not saying is that you become a Christian and your life is super easy and it's all like hunky-dory and daisies and fields and whatever. God is not going to fix everything in your life straight away. He's not a slot machine. Following Jesus is not always easy. We have to remember that the Israelites walked around the desert for 40 years before they got to the promised land. But God is on your side. He does see your pain and he wants to bring you freedom. But why? Why is it that God wants to free us? I think this is the crucial bit. Let my people go. Let my people go. We're familiar with that. We, we hear that a lot. Let my people go. Fine. So that they may worship me. There is a reason for the freedom that God wants to give you. The Israelites are in a foreign land. They're in Egypt and they're unable to offer sacrifices to God. They can't worship. God's people are unable to praise him. 
God wants to free them, not just to end their suffering, but to allow them to do what they're created to do. And that doesn't even have to wait to the promised land. He says in, in other places, um, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. You and I, in the same way as the Israelites, are created to worship. That is our ultimate purpose. But we have the freedom to choose whether or not we decide to worship. What did the Israelites do with their freedom? Well, their initial response is worship, as you'd expect, to thank God for delivering them out of Egypt. But pretty soon they start moaning. They're like, oh, in Egypt we had lamb stew and we had cucumbers and it was lovely. They really quickly forgot the oppression they'd been under. And later they do something worse. They start worshiping an idol. Moses disappears, albeit for about, about a month. He goes away. And he comes back to find they've melted down all their jewelry and their bling and their whatever into a golden cow. It's like, what? That makes no sense. They've made a man-made God, a statue. These are God's people, his chosen people, his bride. But they've decided to go and sleep with somebody else. What are you going to do with your freedom? Are you going to choose tonight to worship God? Perhaps more importantly, what are you going to do with your freedom when you get home tonight? Or tomorrow, at home or school or at work? Worship isn't just about being here together, praising God. I mean, Corporate worship, there's something amazing about it when we, we gather as the church. But it's about our everyday living, our everyday decisions. It's about where we invest our time, our money, our energy, and our thinking. Whatever is at the end of that trail, that is ultimately what you worship. We may not be worshiping um, a golden cow, but we can worship sex, we can worship money, we can worship work even. God is on your side. He sees your pain. He wants to free you. Tonight, choose to use that freedom to worship him. How do we do that? In Romans 12, Paul says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. We have to get back on the altar. We have to choose to live our lives as worship to him. There's a reason for your freedom. Choose to worship. Choose to worship tonight. When you get home, choose to worship. When you get up tomorrow, choose to worship. Keep putting God first. And when you mess it up, say sorry and choose to worship. 
That is what being a follower of Jesus is all about. A minute by minute, day by day, week by week, year after year, lifelong decision to follow Jesus and put God first. It's not easy, but it's worth it because he is worth it. Tonight, maybe you need to hear that God is on your side. Maybe you need to know that he sees your pain and he wants to bring you freedom. Or maybe tonight, you need to choose to use that freedom to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen.